0: Dr. Z, and I'm here with...
1: JB, and we have got an exciting show for you today. Dr. Z, who's with us?
0: Who is with us? But my favorite, favorite therapist, favorite podcasters in the entire world, Shrink Chicks.
1: Ah. Hi, Shrink
2: Chicks. Hi. Hi. The, hey. fe- the feeling is so mutual. We're, we're, so we're all big fans mutual. of each other. We we have, like we we have a kind- love fest. Yes, we do. We like do. We're very kindred spirits. We've spent lots of time together. We love each other. Yeah. It, this is good. It's like every time this we so see good. each other, we like
3: scream in a high pitched voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> we did we scream. When, when I when. They came to one of my events that I had and they, oh, they were so sweet. They bought me alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is a, always a good start. Yes. <laughs> I like that. And uh, the high pitched screaming, do you high pitch scream when you see the shrink chicks? Just them. No, just them. That's it. We that's bring a it very I don't, hi- don't,
0: don't high pitch scream for anyone. <laughs> no. wow.
1: I, I don't even think I've ever heard her uh, yeah, pitch anything. So wow. that's it's
0: usually it's usually yeah, usually yell. <laughs> 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 at somebody or something um so okay so i'm gonna let you guys introduce your amazing selves um but shrink tricks have the most amazing podcast on relationships depression anxiety everything under the sun they have been extremely helpful for me personally in terms of building my own business they're very supportive of females in business and um they have been just uh, like God sent to me so thank you guys so much for everything you've done for me and these two literally have like offices all over the country and they just opened one in Rittenhouse Square my old stopping grounds um, so congratulations to that on you guys. You're like unstoppable. You're an unstoppable force. So tell everybody what you do, who you
2: are, and why you're so awesome. We, we don't need an intro. I want to just die with that. Like that, I, yeah. that's how I want everyone <laughs> to think of me. You don't need anything before else. Before they hear the East Coast accent and the vocal fry, that's it. I want to die the right vocal there. Fry. Um, that's all we want. Um, my name is... Um, <laughs> our names. Named, we have no name. They need a
3: second of it for, with the vocal fry. That was a good one. I really like your vocal fry.
2: <laughs> so my nice. name is Emily Beerley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a sex therapist and the co-host of Shrink Chicks and the co-owner of the therapy group. I'm Jennifer Chakin. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist.
3: I am a sex therapist and co-owner of the therapy group. I pretty much just repeat everything she says. And co-host of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Thank you for having us. We are so
1: excited. Uh, I, I'm I couldn't be more excited. I think all of your uh, well, the show is great. All the reels you put out are fantastic. <laughs> Just like Doctor Z, you've helped me a lot in trying to like, oh, I'm a big dumb idiot, and I need to communicate this way, <laughs> and that would probably help my relationship. So thank you guys so much. But but as we were discussing this uh, uh, before you were coming on, and you know, doing some prep about because I'm an idiot. I don't. I need I need things to explain to me very simply. Uh,
0: Let me interject for oh, a second. Yeah. You are not an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> okay. Yes. You may be, quote, idiot with therapy stuff. That's what I because mean. Because that's not your specialty. Correct.
1: But yeah. ask me who the quarterback is for the Eagles. Uh, that's, that doesn't take much uh, to the thought. You know, who's the quarterback? Of the Alan quarterback? Iverson. There you go. Done. You. Done. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> He's a jack of all <laughs> trades, that Alan Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> he can do it all.
1: He was, well, you're not wrong. Am you were, I right? He, he was a quarterback at Virginia Tech or in Virginia in high school. So, like, you're not all the way wrong. He
0: played football? Yeah, he did. Very good See? athlete. damn it. That's why I was confused. Uh,
1: but, um, you know, there's a, th- there's a lot of different, what what would we call them, emotional styles in terms of uh, uh, your relationships and how you build them? I. Attachment you know, styles. Attachment styles. That's uh, that's what I was looking for, and there is one in particular uh, that I would like you to explain because it's secure attachment, and I don't believe that
0: exists. John had like a field day <laughs> yelling how this doesn't exist. <laughs> it's like
1: how how can someone come from just a clean slate? We're all good. It's fine. There's not a not a not an argument in my house. Everybody loves each other. We're walking out. I just don't believe that exists. So can you explain that to me?
2: Okay, well, 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 just to give you credit, data does indicate that way less people are securely attached <laughs> than would describe <laughs> themselves as securely attached. Yes, like yes, we have actual yes. data that, like, oh, actually, like this is not super common. Um, and also, what we're talking about is like you could have secure attachment and have some fucked up other stuff. So, like, so you're right. Like, nobody comes without any type of baggage. But people that are in secure that are securely attached, right? We talk about like parents and child bond, and then we bring that into adulthood. Um, are ones that um, can have relational awareness and then individual awareness, and they're able to um, uh, co- uh, regulate a little bit better and be a little bit more healthy attached, turning towards their partner as of and as opposed to in an anxious or avoidant way. And we could talk a little bit about what those are. But yes, it's less common than so <laughs> people less think common. that it is. Okay. And, and, it, and isn't it, too, also how, based on your attachment style,
0: how you resolve arguments as well? Wouldn't that play a big part in it?
3: Absolutely. That is a huge part of it to be able, for you to be able to feel secure in your relationship in the midst of having an argument or to know, listen, we're going to solve this. We're going to work through this. Um, what happens um, in insecure attachment is when there is some sort of rift or rupture, um, that the idea is, oh, no, my partner's going to leave me, right? Like, oh, I don't, feel, I don't feel secure in this relationship. And so in the back of our minds, we're thinking, okay, my partner's going to leave me. Um, and the differentiator between anxiously attached, avoidantly attached is how we react to that, right? People who are more avoidantly attached might shut down, might turn away, say, oh, I don't need this anyway. People who are more anxiously attached might, might hold on stronger and say, oh, we need to fix this now. I need to figure this out.
1: That so makes the, a ton of sense. Yeah.
3: yeah, so there are defensive. And people who are more avoidantly attached tend to connect with people who are more anxiously attached because it's like a perfect magnetic mixture. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, and I feel like I definitely fit into one of those for sure, um, uh, uh, the anxious part. The um, So, yeah, there, There's a, as Dr. Z was saying, there's, a, there's kind of a, a couple of, uh, of different examples of kind of where, where you would fit into that. How does one define if you are in that anxious attachment or uh, the trust issues or how do, how do you see, how does nav- you navigate one of those things?
2: Well, OK, so wait. So how to define it? One, you can just like everything, because it, the cool thing is it's 2022. You can take a, a quiz anywhere. You can Google <laughs> what's my attachment style. And there's some dumb free quiz somewhere and it <laughs> will be half right. So <laughs> <but> if, you, <laughs> if you notice, let's say that you use a lot of exit language when you're in a fight like, well, this just isn't working. So I think we just need to move to trial separation. I love that. Exit language. Yeah, exit language, right? Where you're just like... And it's like one of the things when we really talk about like rupture and repair of a relational awareness is like you can't use exit, exit language. language. Exit it's not language. fair. Right? Especially when you don't mean it. So if you're using a lot of exit language, that gives you an indicator. Um, if you are doing things like, no, but like you can't leave me because I'll never survive. Right? Like anxiously attached. Or you'll do anything to keep pulling them closer and closer, like becoming a bit of a servant to them. Yes. And going into that thing of like, well, if Mm -hmm. I just, if I meet every single one of their needs, Mm -hmm. then they'll never be able to let me go. And then they lose their authentic self,
0: which Mm -hmm. makes them more anxious and depressed and detached even if they don't realize it.
3: Right. And it pushes the maybe avoidantly attached partner away, right? They become more avoidantly attached. So you get stuck in this negative interactional cycle without recognizing it, right? So like, So, uh, we like to talk about attachment styles in a way of like they can be more fluid as opposed to like I am stuck in this attachment style because we don't want it to be pathologizing. Um, but to understand where you might fall maybe on that spectrum can be really helpful in making it more conscious to you when you are in these arguments so that you can make more, of, you can make a different decision in those moments when, um, you know, your feelings are heightened, you are struggling in your relationship. So just to think about what is my defensive response when I am fighting with my partner or when I'm arguing with my partner.
1: In a lot of those, does that end up, you know, in your experience, when somebody has a grasp of like, okay, I'm definitely, you know, this type of attachment, does that necessarily encourage people to take the next step into therapy on why they are that way? Or is that kind of just like...
2: (laughs) No. 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 Like, no. Okay. We have a larger no. I wish. And this is one of the reasons why we're always like, eh, attachment style. Ah, because here's the thing. We live in an instant gratification culture, especially Correct. with like Instagram therapy and all these little tidbits and things. people, people's like, okay, great, well I know this. I'm here's my Enneagram and here's my attachment style. And here's my you know, whatever the hell it is. And then it's like, all right, well, bye. I know this about right. myself. Well, it's be oh, well, you know what, if I wasn't actually it's because I'm actually attached, what do you want me to do? Right, actually, I always say that
0: too. <laughs> I, I always, I always say that. I say, I, and you brought, you guys probably get this all the time because you kind of are no bullshit therapist. <laughs> probably the same way I'm no bullshit therapist. I'll always get people that come in and say, "Okay, I know why I do what I do. I'm anxiously attached, or I know why I do. It. I, I'm, you know, I'm whatever, dependent, needy." And I'm like, "Okay, and now what?" Right? And it's like all these people know why they do what they do, but they forget that the entire bulk of the, 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 there's like. 75 percent left of that process which is now you need to change your behaviors it's not enough to know why you do what you do and to be honest with you sometimes it's not even necessary right like there'll be times where i'll say to patients like stop trying to figure out where in your upper you why this happened the point of the matter is is even if we never found out why it doesn't matter we know this is unhealthy and we need to change it and so i think it helps to give you some insight and awareness and maybe to identify it maybe it gives you some peace of mind but I, i agree with you it's kind of Now what steps do you need to take to make this better for yourself and your relationships? And that's it, the hard part. Yeah, yes. that's,
3: that's what I was going to I think people get stuck in the, oh, yep. this is where this came from, because making the actual behavioral change is so challenging mm-hmm. because it disrupts the system, too. Not only yep. does it disrupt what you're used to, what feels safe for you, um, it also disrupts the system. And so when it throws you throws everyone off. throws everyone off, throws off the homeostasis of your relationship. Mm-hmm. So that can be really scary. Making that actual behavioral change can be hard.
2: It's interesting because it's in one way it's so cool that all this information is accessible, and then for another thing is you remember like we all went to school for many many years to learn Correct. this, and you heard about it on a video for thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and then you're diagnosing and telling this, but it's like Correct. no, there's like there's massive nuance and information around all of this. Thank and so you. you- <laughs> that like that like it's not you don't get out of like 30 seconds of like a tiktok video you watch and although wow. i'm sure it was incredibly entertaining there's a lot of other information that we all had to go to school and learn and study and understand and figure out how to read data and all this stuff mm-hmm. that i i love that it's available and then i hate that it's available too yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: because it gives us the illusion that we're accepting the information at the same speed in which we're trying to find it, right? And I'm guilty as as anybody, too, especially with this stuff. And exploring, like, I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Z, because that is one of the things that I don't think anybody knows. The shit where it comes from doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. Like, it's not Mm going to make you feel happy one iota. Great, Mm -hmm. I found out that my parents did this or your uncle did that or whatever it is. Great. You still got to face the thing that is stopping you in life. And it's just like, no one under really understands. I don't fully that it is. It's you on you, you know, like, right. and, and if you just do that, it it makes everything a lot easier. So I'm glad you guys said that first.
2: Well, foremost. especially when it comes to couples therapy, we hear this all the time. Well, they do this, they do this. Well, here's the thing: if your partner gets hit by a bus tomorrow, this is still your stuff to learn. Exactly. You're correct. <laughs> At I the end that. of the day, we still have to keep being ourselves and making them moves and doing that. And like, it's one of the reasons in couples therapy. Like, when you play the blame game. Doesn't it doesn't work. doesn't get you anywhere. Nothing. Because also,
3: you don't have control, right? You blaming the other person doesn't give you more control over their behavior. Correct. And I think that that's where couples get really stuck is they think, okay, if I blame you enough, you're going to see this and you're going to change your behavior. No, in the end, you have no control over your partner's behavior. You don't.
0: Because the only thing that that makes somebody change is a motivation and an actual willingness to change, sit with the discomfort of change, not just – Okay, you may very well know it's your fault, and then what? (laughs) You know, and so especially if you're constantly being blamed for something, you're going to be focused on being defensive rather than focusing on forward movement of changing that behavior. Yes.
2: And also, if you're in an abusive relationship, I can promise you your attachment style doesn't matter, and we just need to get you safe. That's exactly right. Correct.
0: (laughs)
3: That's it. Thank you. (laughs) Really
2: important to say.
0: Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. Do you find that the people will get wrapped up? Because I see that all the time. People want to know, you know, well, for my next relationship, if I'm this, which yes, it's important. But let's get you out of this one first, right? Yeah. Yeah. I
2: just I have think to scratch it, my ear and realize there's a headphone on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, why is my <laughs> from doing that. You can yeah. understand why people do it, right? Like, we all, like, of this course. world is scary and it's overwhelming and we want to figure out what's happening and we all want control and we all want peace and we want everything to be better. And you can understand why it is and it's just also not how our world works sometimes.
1: And along the, you know, in the pandemic, still trying to come out of it, like, what are some of the things that, you see are increasingly getting more common would you say over the last mm-hmm. 2 years in relationships and trying to figure out you know a, a lot of people's you know <laughs> emotions and intentions and things like that
2: well unfortunately the data that we have also indicates that um uh, substance use has increased very much mm-hmm. in relationships over mm-hmm. this time and so one of the things we also have to look for is like okay when we have conflicts normal In all relationships, you are always gonna fight. If you're not fighting, that scares us more. We say all the time, "I would rather have a high conflict couple walk in my door than totally avoiding couple." That's easier for me to work with. Um, Makes my day a little bit better. Um, (laughs) But I want to understand, like, one, what's provoking um, some of the stress that's coming? Is there substance use during it? The amount of drinking has increased. Anything, and also the lack of boundaries and personal space and individuation. Not. Because on purpose, but because when you're all working within the same home, when the kids don't have childcare, like all the things that can happen, we still have kids, unfortunately, you've COVID, you're still home for five days. Yeah. Right, so like you got a lot of people in the same house, and that causes yeah. a lot of conflicts. And yeah. it also causes that we want to retreat and numb in some ways. And so sometimes that's through um, infidelity. Sometimes that's through substance use. Sometimes that's through um, scrolling on Instagram. I'm not guilty of that at all. Now same. yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, well,
1: it's, yeah. A, it's a thing on. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. I've, I've never heard.
2: Never heard of that. Yeah, never heard. Never.
3: I don't. Her. Never, I don't mm, I'll um, into it. The thing that I, you know, I have always talked about that after everything that happened with the pandemic is that the one thing that I I think was, you know, came out of it is that people felt it was more normalized to go to therapy, right? Everyone's having this universal experience. And so because of that, there's more of a space for me to say, I need to go to therapy, right? Like there's, this is happening. And so. I do think that there is, you know... You mean because it
0: was a shared experience? Everyone it was, was a of shared experience, and yeah. I think it
3: normalized therapy in a lot of ways yeah. um, because everyone was going through it in different ways, but everyone was going through something, and it felt almost less stigmatized. Um, so I think that there was more space for people to say, like, hey, I'm struggling with this because of the pandemic, when maybe you would have been struggling with it anyway um but there was more space to be able to say i you know i think i'm going to go to therapy and talk through some of these things or in our relationship i think it maybe it sped up certain uh struggles that people had in their relationship that they could have avoided by just going to work every day mm-hmm. but yep. when you mm-hmm. are faced with it day in and day out um it almost speeds up that process
1: do you believe then that it's this is all kind of temporary the acceptance of like oh it's it's actually a little better now to say we can go into therapy. Do you ever think that window closes back up again?
2: I think it's hills and valleys. I don't think no. it's going to close up, especially because like Gen Z is the coolest, right? So like the reality is, is like we have like such cool Gen Z coming up, and they're all about <laughs> therapy and all about Dr. like Doctor Z.
1: Doctor Z is Gen Z. I don't yeah, know. If you knew she that. Yes, yes. <laughs> she
2: is. Yes, she is. We were. That's who we were. Wait, that's who we were talking about. She's so Ob- tiny, though. Sometimes obviously. you think she is. Like you could pick her up like a child. Like wait, the first time Wait, I'm gonna interrupt for a second
0: because I, I I told you this. This happens every time when I met you guys. I was at something last night. Any of the book stuff I went uh-huh. to. People, they. It, it's not even hello. It's
2: you're so small. You're so short. <laughs> yes,
3: yeah, uh, I we both had the same experience. But you but you, you have, have a tall presence. you have a tall presence. I I
0: was in heels last night, and I'm telling you, people came up to you like, "Oh, you're, you're Doctor Z. You're so short." I mean, it's it's literally every time I meet someone. Someone didn't even. I had an event, and they were trying to find me to come get me, and they walked right by me a million times because they just assumed it wasn't me because I was so <laughs> short.
1: See, her brain yes. is seven foot six. Yes, and it her is. Physical presence is just five. Were five. you shocked yeah. that yeah. I
2: was that that I was that short? Sh- I put you shocked. up like I was like picking you up like you're so shocked. tiny. I hugged you and I was like you're my. I want to put <laughs> you in here and nurture you. Put her oh like a <laughs> Yes, a <purpose>. I did. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the fir- actually the first time I <laughs> met Doctor Z, when she stood up, I don't think I don't think we met standing, did we?
2: You're like she's yeah, sitting. cause she
1: yeah she was sitting, and I was like oh oh,
2: like, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: oh. okay. But for the <laughs> record, I'm not I'm I'm like I'm short. It's just in comparison, I think so what people think I'm not like like the incredible shrinking woman. <laughs> no, right,
1: no right. not at all. But it's just like yeah, I don't I I don't know what the uh, the thing is. Everybody thinks yeah. you're the. You should be in the NBA or something. It's so
2: strange. she could pass for Gen Z. So like, all right. So we have like, we have right. So we have this generational thing. Gen Z is yeah. so cool about it. Millennials yeah. are super good. Um, Gen X is like hell yeah. Now I am in. And even the amounts of um, people in their sixties and seventies. We have. I mean, we have people that are coming into therapy for their first time in their seventies. That is amazing. I love it. it's incredible amazing the amount of and we get to see this really cool data of like who's coming in it is unbelievable and I think it's the bravest thing in the world so I don't think it's going to close but I do think that there is like like hills and valleys with it all and I think that like especially when masks were removed and um mandates were done and vaccines I I think everyone was sort of like I want to just pretend like that never happened yeah. But we don't get to do that. And our bodies don't get to do that. We remember yes. all of that. And then, you know, every few weeks when someone else in your office has COVID, you kind of remember again. And, like, yes. so the thing is that, like, this really big experience happened. And it's also okay if it was, like, a really good experience. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I feel bad saying that, like, COVID improved my life. And that's cool if it did. That's awesome for you. And still, let's move forward and not end up back in the same place. Because a lot of cool stuff occurred from that that we should really keep going with.
1: I agree completely. Especially, I don't think this would have happened honestly, with with without <laughs> I it. I feel like we yeah.
0: somehow cosmically would have met anyway.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look skeptical.
3: Okay,
0: <laughs> um, I have a question for you guys. Can people change attachment styles, or is it they, or is it that they? figure out healthier behaviors within their attachment style, or are they able to actually change attachment styles? Yes.
3: Yes. And we always talk about relationships can be really healing. Um, that we, you know, if you think about attachment wounds and where they come from and bring it, we bring it into our relationships, when we build on that relationship, when we develop a more secure attachment in that relationship, um, it proves that relationships can be really healing for our attachment style. So that's why that is why we don't love to talk about it in these um, very specific terms because yeah. it can be fluid. Yep. Also, if you fall into one category, uh, let's say you're avoidantly attached in one relationship because your partner is more anxiously attached, you might get into another relationship where your partner's is more um, avoidantly attached and it might bring out some anxious attachment for you. Um, so it really depends on the relationship that you're in, but we really do believe that relationships can be really healing when both partners are willing to understand themselves and work on themselves in order to better the relationship.
2: And there's actually two different um, assessment um, criteria for childhood attachment style and adult relationship attachment style so yes they absolutely can change and then for a lot of us we do just learn healthier ways and neither one is wrong they just are
1: yeah and that's that's great uh what are i I guess what are some of those things that um maybe in in day-to-day life you can kind of start to i don't know uh diagnose or just kind of see like all right um i know you have this this part of attachment i know i have that part of attachment What's a, what's a good first stepping stone in a, in a relationship?
2: Well, this goes into something else we talk about, which is relational awareness, right? Which is that, like, I know Jen. I know her very well. I've known her for a long time. She knows me. I have two options when we, either of us are having a hard day, which is I can lean towards Jen and I can say, you want to know what? If I use a bunch of exit language right now and I spit my anxiety onto her, that's going to shut her down. I can do that. It's going to keep doing the same thing. Or I can say, you want to know what I know is that I really need to put myself in a little bit of a chill out. I need to regulate myself and then re-enter back into my relationship with Jen. So knowing your partner, and I don't just mean romantic partners, I mean any relationship in your life is going to help you make decisions. So relational self-awareness. I know me. I know you. And I'm gonna take that into consideration and give you the benefit of the doubt, give myself the benefit of the doubt to move that. So if you're someone who is like very anxious, and finds that like if, if you're feeling like a little bit disconnected from your partner, like you text or like call them a lot, you might have to say, you know what? I'm feeling highly um, anxious this week. I need to make sure I get to a workout class and I get to spend time with friends and I take time to like chill and take care of myself. If I know that I can go in to avoid it, maybe that means that I have to reach back out to my partner. I have to try to put myself out there a little bit. So understanding what yours is and trying to do something different, opposite action.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. And and me and my partner are extremely bad at self-care. So that's like uh, we dive right into that all the time of just mm-hmm. like, OK, we just we won't we won't say what we need because uh, we need to get through the day or whatever it is. And that's also like you guys were saying, it's not like t- we argue, we fight just like everybody else. But but that part of it actually is the the, the more detrimental part of kind of those hills and valleys uh, you were describing for everybody. So,
3: yeah. The more you are able to take care of yourself or anticipate your needs throughout the week, right? We're all busy, we have a lot of stress. Um it can trickle into our relationships, but the more you are able to anticipate what your needs are on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, the more you're able to give that to yourself, the more you're going to be able to self-soothe in those moments. The more you can recognize, hey, This week I'm feeling really anxious. I know me, when I feel really anxious, I shut down. I'm gonna communicate that to my partner. Hey, just to let you know, I'm feeling really anxious this week. I recognize that I am shutting down a little bit more. So the communication around your attachment style or around your way of uh, relating to your partner can be really, really helpful. The way in which you do that is to create space between your emotions and then your reaction to your emotions. Right, pause. so the rea- the pause, right? So the, the feeling, I'm feeling really anxious, I'm really struggling. The reaction to the emotion is, I shut down. That's my reaction. A lot of people don't think of shutting down as a reaction. That is absolutely a reaction. They more think of people yelling or, right, uh, right as uh, being more <laughs> reactive. So that's the thing you can think about is when you are more connected to your emotion and you understand what you're feeling, the more you can name it, the more you can create space between the emotion and then the reaction to the emotion. So that takes time. It takes a lot of self-awareness. Um, and especially if you grew up in an environment where you weren't allowed to have those feelings, you weren't allowed to express those feelings, you may have never learned to connect with those feelings. So that, I, say, I would say, is the first step to really creating space between the feeling and then the reaction to the feeling.
0: Can I ask a question about that? Because that, that's actually where I was going with this next, is is fast forward, you're in your relationship, whether it's a friend, intimate partner, whatever, and You take that pause. I always say the power's in the pause. You take that pause. You're self-aware. You feel what you're feeling. You pause before you have your reaction. You know what you typically react, how you typically react. You know what you need, like almost like a buffet of options. Now let's say you know exactly what you need to do to convey your needs. Even if you were never used to it growing up, you were told your needs didn't matter or they were secondary or, you know, just suck it up and it was viewed as complaining. But now you've managed to find... A partner or a friend who models that same dynamic that you're used to growing up because we gravitate towards what's familiar and you have enough awareness now to know that you need to voice your needs but your partner you know is going to either respond with shutting down or yelling or telling you to shut up it doesn't matter what you think so what do you tell people who have that awareness who have gotten that far but yet now they're with somebody who models that old pattern
2: that they're now out of. You're allowed to say to your partner, we got to study you a little bit more. (laughs) You're allowed to say to your partner, I need you to be doing this self work. You're allowed to say to your partner, here are the things that I need on an emotional level for intimacy, right? To sit here and say like, Hey, here's what I've noticed. What do you notice about yourself? And for this relationship to really work, I need there to be a little bit more depth and awareness so we can work together. Because when we do that, it's not about me nagging you. It's about what's the best for us. Because that relationship, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And your ability to do that really
3: is rooted in how much work you have done on yourself, right? Correct. Because you do it once And if your partner responds in a similar way that your parent did or someone who was shutting you down, where the attachment wound came from, if you can continue to hold on to yourself and understand, listen, this is more about my partner, this is not about me, my ability to hold them accountable in a way where I am responding and not reacting so that they can really hear it is really rooted in doing a lot of that work for yourself because it's very easy to um, to express your needs once and have your partner come back and shut you down and then you shut down and you go right back into that defensive response because it's painful. It's very vulnerable to work on something so hard, do something different and get the same response and that can be really, really hurtful. So it takes sometimes really doing this over and over and over again and here's the thing, if your partner is unwilling to do this work on themselves. And if you express this over and and you've done everything you possibly can, that's something to consider. Because working on the relationship takes both people doing their own work. And I think this is, and I always say this, how Disney fucked
0: us, all of us. Mm -hmm. Because, right, like, I, I say this all the time, you know, my middle one and my youngest watch, Elsa, Anna all the time and Frozen there's the scene where she, Anna meets the prince for all of 30 seconds and now all of a sudden they're madly in love, they're getting married, she wants permission to marry him, right, (laughs) and it's it's in all of them and you know, it, it sets the stage for this relationship, not only is love bombing like exactly what you should be looking for, but also that the relationship goes on happily ever after with no work that needs to be done in between from start to finish and I think it really, it it somewhere deep down kind of gives us this sense that if you have to work on your relationship, then it's not good, right? If you have to work on your relationship, even if it's healthy, but you have to work on communication strategies, because you very, just because people go into therapy as a couple on their communication strategies, it could be to become better parents. It could be just to enhance what they already have. It doesn't mean they're broken. It doesn't mean the relationship's over, Um, you know, but I think people think that, if you work on your relationship and you have to work on communication strategies, you have to ask your partner for what you need, and then your relationship isn't healthy. And that's not true. It's just the awareness of it is what makes it healthy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The willingness to work on it. A hundred
3: percent. And I, I completely agree with you. I think Disney rom-coms all of that. I mean, we have had we have had to do a lot of unlearning, and yes. ha- have helped our clients do a lot of unlearning around that.
2: Well, even in Frozen, that happens, and then by the end of the movie, you find out the dude's a monster. So correct. <laughs> wow. The outcome is that yeah, yeah, correct. honey, it was unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Don't exactly. Do it. Yeah. But
0: but like but they don't but they don't they don't. But then she gets saved by the other dude. Like yeah. it's like it's, right. it's 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 always I, being saved, and I. I, I will I mean, say,
2: okay, in Frozen two, there's one really good scene where that's about to happen. He comes in, and then he yeah. stops himself, the guy, and he goes, okay, what do you need? And it's the first time I've ever seen one slightly healthy scene. It's probably because Frozen <laughs> 1 got like. Probably because Frozen <laughs> yeah, 1 yeah. got backlash. They're, <laughs> like, right. Right. Yeah. They're, They're like, like, we better gotta, be we a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, Even it's like in
0: Cinderella, it's the same shit. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, Is that, yeah right? no. It's the same. Beauty and the Beast, I mean, all of it. Every single the whole one thing. of them. I know. And what? so it's just, it's what we what we hear, especially as, as girls, but also the boy, little well, boys too. They're the prince. They save everything.
1: Exactly. I don't need you to save me. How's that for
0: avoiding an attachment
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it creates this this big time expectation for the men too it just just because of like i uh, between disney and between like seeing all of uh you know my examples of relationships we're like oh high school sweethearts college sweethearts this that i'm like well why the fuck am i not married at 25 like what's go- what's wrong with me right you know it's that stuff so Correct. it's just yeah. it is uh Correct. i think that creates a massive depression for Correct. guys when they realize they're not fucking prince charming either I and, agree. Like, you gotta well, open up buddy or you know, that you like, fail it,
0: as a
2: man uh, if there's nothing to say yes right. and that's confusing because we're saying safe 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 and then we have these adult men in relationships and the women are sitting next to them on our couch paying us all this freaking money and coming in and spend their time and she's saying, saying well he (laughs) solves all my problems I just want him to listen and he's like I thought that was my job was to solve your problems like this shit's confusing somebody tell me something and like we have to give people guidance we have to sit here and say to people and genuinely start to talk about what is healthy and what is not and stop with some of this vagueness Vegas, bleh, that like, like Vegas. part of our job is, ve- Vegas. let's just go to, Let's, just go, yeah. to Vegas, let's yes. go to Vegas.
1: Let's go roll some 7s and 11s, ladies. Yeah, um, but down. like
2: we as clinicians have to sit here and have the ability to say like actually what you're doing is really toxic and unhealthy. And like here's another way to do it. In a non-shaming way of saying like right. actually there's a different way. Here I'm going to teach you the words. I'm going to teach you the language to use because nobody helped us.
3: And we hear all the time too that partners are saying, well, they should just know, I've been with them forever. They should just know. No matter how long you have been with someone, they will not turn (laughs) magically into a mind reader. That would be wonderful. Actually, that that's would our job as therapists, isn't it? <laughs> okay. right. right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Turn them into mind readers. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but but I think that there, there are so many misconceptions about relationships and that we constantly have to break them down. Um, the I, just as you said, the idea that if you're going to therapy to work on your communication, then it's not a good relationship. Uh, but as we said earlier, the no one, no one was ever taught how to do this. Right. No one has secure attachment, we're, we're saying, <laughs> um, you know, so, so no one really taught us about relational awareness. And so if you think about, you know, anything you do when you go to school, when you, you're being taught things, and it's the same thing with therapy. Therapy teaches you really healthier ways to be in a relationship, healthier ways to have a relationship with yourself. Um, so I think it's about breaking down the stigma of individual therapy and couples therapy. I love how you guys always kind of phrase everything in terms of actual clinical examples
0: rather than just the terminology, Um, because otherwise it really just makes no sense to anybody except therapists that happen to be listening. So I think it's a really, I love how you put it in terms of your clients that you see actual scenarios um, and like really getting inside people's heads as to what what they're thinking and you know why they're thinking what they're thinking and i also love that you guys focus so and we talk about this like so much on okay we know why what we do now what do you fucking do with it like now move forward um and i, I just i love how you handle it and i love that you don't put so much emphasis on the labels of your attachment style on this you focus on the behavioral aspects of it because at the end of the day that's all that
2: matters i will say this if you take these online quizzes, and this really feels good to you. If it feels like it helps you and understands, that's awesome. No shame at all. Right. The only thing I would say is, now what? Now what? If we, yep. Now what? That's it. So that's great. I'm so glad they gave you relief. I'm glad that it confirmed something for you. I'm glad mm-hmm. it made you feel heard and validated and seen. And yep. that's amazing. Same thing with any diagnosis. And now let's now apply what? it to real world. Let's have people live because what we want is people to be in amazing, fulfilling, soul bursting relationships. Yep. Soul-bursting. I love that. Soul bursting. Beautiful. <laughs> I, got
0: I, might get that I get, no, on my arm I get nothing <laughs> I
2: have nothing after
0: soul bursting.
1: Yeah, soul bursting relationships right here. Right. Are, I think uh, that'll be my wow. first There's. tattoo on this arm.
0: I love that. <laughs> 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 I have to to Adds to my collection anyway. So yeah, that's right. Get that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, I that's, forgot. Yeah.
1: You're like, uh, did you know he, she's got like two? As long as uh, she's not seven six, and she also has twelve tattoos on her body. do you know that? You're
0: kidding so me. you're Twelve. Uh, I,
1: I am kidding. I have one.
0: I had a pandemic. um
1: <gasps> So did Jen. Same.
3: Meltdown, maybe, and got a tattoo. Same. Same. So did Jen. name
1: Jen, what's two. your tattoo?
3: I have one. It's an and sign. It represents our business. And Very then cool. I have um, phases of the moon. Phases of the moon. That's what I'm getting. Ah. Ah. Ah.
0: I have on my wrist right here, I have my kids' initials, and then I want the the phases of the moon. I'll That's send my you mine. I made one. it.
3: I made it on camera. I have a bottle <gasps> of
2: Zoloft. <She>, Emily has <laughs> the best. Yes, it's the best one no in the entire way. world. Yeah, yeah, with, do you really? I, so good. I have a bottle of Zoloft filled with mushrooms. Don't get judge. Whatever town. works. If I so couldn't love anything. you more, get out. <gasps> <Yes. laughs> that
1: is so good. Did you get that done here uh, in the Philadelphia area?
2: Dude, yeah, but he moved That's to freaking San Diego. But that I another is guy amazing. for you. Amazing.
1: So, quick story. This right here has remained unfinished because the guy fell it. in love and moved to yeah. Greece.
2: Wow. Listen. And I will sometime. never let
1: anybody touch it until I find the right person to finish this. So. Oh,
2: I have a good guy for you. We'll connect. Yeah. Can I But, you know, <laughs> Yes. We can. Tattoo party Let's in Vegas! Let's do a tattoo party.
1: Sevens, elevens, and tattoos. Let's do it. <laughs>
2: no one's listening to this
0: there's episode. There's no chance. People <laughs> no, are turning no off. There's no chance. I told you, <laughs> you. You either love it or you're going to hate it. <laughs> They're done. They're done. <laughs> been, they were done
3: 20
0: minutes ago. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I <laughs> absolutely love it. Uh, so, thank you, uh, as always, uh, Jennifer, <laughs> Emily, uh, mm-hmm. the Shrink Chicks. If you're not following them, please do, because... Yes. Um, so much wonderful pieces of advice the show is incredible and obviously we've said it already Dr. Z they've helped us in our relationships already too yes they
0: have love you guys you're the best we love you thank Thank you for having
3: us thank you so much we appreciate it bye guys I'll talk to you soon
1: bye bye